there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome, welcome. So glad you could join us for another episode of T4C. My guest today is actually a first for me. I've never actually interviewed anyone in this field before, and I am super stoked. So grab your mug and take a chug of something that is slightly or even supercharged caffeinated beverage, because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest is Nick Hamlin, who is a social sector data scientist at Global Giving. Global Giving is a nonprofit that connects donors with grassroots projects around the world. In fact, Global Giving is the largest global crowdfunding community connecting nonprofits, donors, and companies in nearly every country. Their slogan is, donate to charity and see your impact with regular updates. Nick, welcome to Time for Coffee. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I have to ask you our Time for Coffee question, which is, are you caffeinated and ready to go? Oh, thoroughly caffeinated. Uh, I've switched to decaf, though, since it's the afternoon at this point, and I'll be up all night. But I, I was going all morning. Smart man. So let's jump right into the espresso shots here. What entry-level jobs, Nick, are available to young people who want to get into the social sector, maybe from the data scientific standpoint? Yeah, it's a phenomenal question. The data science in the social sector world is fairly small, but the organizations like Global Giving that are working in it are very enthusiastic. And there's a lot of exciting opportunities at places like that. At Global Giving specifically, we offer a fellowship for entry-level people who are excited about testing the waters in the social sector. And those roles vary in the kinds of contexts that they operate in. We have fellows on our marketing team, on our operations team, business development program, vetting and grants all over the place. So there's a lot of opportunities there. In data science, more broadly, the entry-level roles tend to be more internship-like, particularly if you're looking kind of outside the social sector, maybe in tech or in finance. But there's definitely a lot of roles. The field is very new. It's growing really fast. It's an exciting place to be right now. Oh my gosh, it sounds like it. So what is a useful skill or skills, Nick, that you look for in the people that you hire to come to Global Giving? We look for people who are really curious about ways to make the world better. We know we don't have all the answers. And so having that innate drive to take a question and chew on it and chew on it and chew on it until we've made some progress is something that's that's really important to succeed, not just at global giving, but I think in the social sector more broadly. So people who won't be thrown off by something that seems a little unstructured or seems a little big or scary, those are the kinds of people who are going to do really well here. What about someone's major? Is it a deciding factor to get into your slice of this field? In other words, if they haven't studied whatever, they probably won't be able to get a job. I don't think that necessarily the academic major matters that much in this context. I do think having you know a strong background in 
coding and technology is really useful regardless of where it comes from. But in data science more broadly, people are very, very much focused on not, you know, what does a piece of paper say you can do for me, but what can you actually do for me? So there's a lot of different ways you can get coding experience. There's a ton of really excellent data science resources that are available for free. So I think more commonly what people look for are evidence that you you've been curious, you have tested the waters and you've actually been able to produce something rather than, you know, what technically a degree you have or don't have. Not to put you on the spot here, but where can they go to get that free information or the free teachings about coding? There's, like I say, there's so many things out there, but a couple that I tend to direct people towards that I really like for the kinds of problems that are pervasive in the social sector, there's a great website called Automate the Boring Stuff that talks you through all kinds of very simple but really practically useful ways to use a programming language called Python to automate the tedious aspects of your job. And that's, that's really useful in the social sector, but it's also useful in a lot of other places. O'Reilly Publishing is another one. It's a publishing company that produces all kinds of technical books. And most of them now are available as ebooks. And they have a book about basically everything you could ever want to know, either about data science or coding more broadly, kind of the whole tech sector. They're another one that I use all the time. Wonderful. We will include those resources in show notes for sure. I see, Nick, from your resume that you do have an advanced degree. You have a Master of Information in Data Science. How important is it in order to succeed in your field? And by that, I'm not saying entry-level positions, but much farther down the line that Java junkies actually get that grad school degree. Well, for me, I didn't study computer science as an undergrad, nor did I study statistics or math. I was a mechanical engineer. And so switching to the data science world was a bit of a switch. And so it was really useful for me to have that more formal, rigorous training, you know, kind of beyond what you can get for free on the internet. So it's been really valuable for me personally, in terms of formalizing the directions and options I can go in my career. I think as you climb the ladder in data science, particularly a lot of employers, again, outside of the social sector, tend to look for an advanced degree, you might hear horror stories about people recruiting for data scientists, and they require a PhD and eight years of experience in a coding language that's only existed for three years and things like that. I think part of the challenge is that the field is relatively new. And so people are still trying to get their heads around exactly what those job descriptions ought to look like in order to find the specific set of skills that they need. But I do think towards the upper end of the data science ladder, it is the higher you go, the more important the advanced degree becomes. Okay, thanks. That's good to know. Nick, what kind of life experiences do you think are most useful for someone who's trying to break into this field of social sector data science? Try and get out of your bubble. However you can, figure out what your bubble is and then figure out how to get out of it. For me, the the way that I've been fortunate enough to be able to do that is through travel. I think it's a great way to do that if you have the option to, to, to do that definitely take advantage of it because you'll be exposed to ways of thinking, cultural contexts, kinds of questions that you never would have thought of just if you stayed home and in your in your little world. Travel, especially overseas travel, isn't an option for everybody. And so that's why I think even if it's not, look for ways to 
interact with voices that you don't typically interact with. Even in your own neighborhood, getting that exposure to new ideas and new viewpoints is critical both in the social sector and in the data science world. Because ultimately, data science is just about asking and answering good questions. And it's really hard to just guess or know what all of those questions are going to be. You have to rely on other people to help point you in the right direction. So getting out of your bubble is, I think, the best way to do that. I agree 100%. So Nick, you're obviously a very passionate guy who so enjoys, that's probably too, not even strong enough of a word to describe how you feel about this field. What is the best part for you of being a social sector data scientist? Oh man, that's a hard question to answer. I will say it's it's never boring. The problems are always really intriguing and I think meaningful. It's for me the the field of data science is really broad but there's a lot of questions and roles one might play in the data science world where maybe the questions that you might be asked to work on aren't as as meaningful personally at least to me as some of the others. And so having that combination of the the freedom to really explore and to dig into hard problems and to do it in a way that you know is going to have a positive impact on the world if you do it right. That I think is a rare combination. And I'm really, I can see myself extremely lucky to get to come to work every day and work on those kinds of problems. Yeah, it makes you want to get up in the morning, right? It really does. It really does. So every job has parts that aren't as much fun. What about your current job, Nick, would you say sucks the most? I'm going to answer that question in kind of two different ways, uh, once on the social sector side and once on the data science side. On the social sector side, Global Giving, as well as many other organizations, uh, we're a nonprofit. And so we have limited time, limited resources, limited money, and we have an unlimited, essentially, uh, number of interesting questions we would want to work on. And so having to make hard choices about what to prioritize, that's not a lot of fun, but it's something that we have to do. We have to do it very deliberately and very mindfully. I think on the data science side, people talk about this a lot. It's to the point where it's almost a cliche, but it's a cliche because it's true. People talk about how 80% of data science is tedious data cleansing. And it really is. Dealing with real world data is very different than dealing with data that you might get in a homework problem or a textbook. There's missing values. There's things that are misspelled. There's all kinds of stuff that you might not understand. And you have to really work your way through at a pretty low level. It's a necessary evil, and it takes a lot of time, but it sets you up for success to do and to do the really exciting, flashy data science stuff, too. Okay, well, that's good to know. Nick, what is the best career advice that you've ever gotten? Oh, I love that question. I think it would be that there's this sense that when you talk to other people, that they've got it all figured out, and they know exactly what they're doing. When in reality, we are all figuring this out as we go along. I think particularly in a new sector like data science or in the nonprofit world where we're solving some of society's most challenging problems, there's no playbook for this kind of thing. And I think it's easy to assume that there is when you talk to people who have been doing it for a long time. But my first, the first boss I ever had told me, no, you know, we really are all figuring this out the same way you are. And that's okay. That was a really reassuring piece of advice that I'm really glad I got early on. Okay, fair enough. So, Nick, we all love to watch movies, or at least many of us do, or Netflix series, or what about fiction books, or any of the above accurately depict your profession? Oh, gosh. 
I actually don't know of any movies or books that really get at the core of, of what social sector data science is like. But I will say there are definitely movies that get at what it feels like to chew on and solve a really hard problem with human implications. My favorite movie of all time is Apollo 13 from the early 90s with Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah, and, that's a great one. Oh, I just love it. I actually been known to pull up YouTube clips from that movie to start meetings from time to time, just because I love how it really represents the innovation and the tenacity required to solve really hard problems. And ultimately, that's what social sector data science is all about. Final espresso shot. What would people be surprised to learn about the profession of social sector data scientists? I think people might be surprised at the diversity of things I actually end up doing all day. In con contrasted with doing data science in the for-profit sector, where things might be a little bit more consistent, just by virtue of working in the nonprofit world, everybody has to wear a lot of hats. And so I bounce around uh, from problem to problem fairly frequently, even though you know our team here is relatively small. And so I think the the day-to-day -day dynamic of the work might surprise people, particularly because of that combination of social sector and data science. Wonderful. Nick, thanks so much for making Time for Coffee with me and the Time for Coffee community. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee. 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.